8.40 again, live from the Aloe Fiber Studios. I am Tanner Schwint. Brian Gary is my co-host. Angel Padilla is doing the production work and joining us now up on the hotline. It is the voice of the Colorado Rockies, the host of Amazing Americans. It is the one and only Jerry Schimmel. Shimmy, how are you, my friend? Doing great. Doing great on this Friday. How about you guys? Hey, we are great, man. Thank you for uh, jumping on, as always, Jerry. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did that. I did that. You guys? Oh, very nice. Yeah, 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 it was great to get together with family. I One of my best Thanksgivings. It was just cool to have all of my grandkids and my kids in the house and everybody loving on each other and just having a great time. Nice. Love nice. that. That's what it's all about. Well done. Yeah. All right, Shimmy, I've got a question for you before we dive in. It's our Happy Life Gardens poll question today. What are you too old to do now that you used to do? <laughs> uh, I have a long list. I'm 60. I turned 64 on Sunday. Yeah, all so right. Well, happy early birthday. Yeah, yeah you know, no, I'm, it was last Sunday. I'm oh, on, last I'm Sunday. Sixty-four. Yeah. Um, long list of things. Um, I don't. You know, it's interesting. I, I still bicycle. I still cycle a lot, but I can't keep up. I I can't get to the times I used to have. Yeah. So I, I went out for a twenty-five miler yesterday, and I'm like way off the pace I had just a couple of years ago, and I was working hard. So yeah, just uh, I, first thing for me is. Uh, physically, athletically, can't get there anymore. All right. Well, you're That's 64. Sad. That's amazing, though, because you will run circles around most people who are half your age. And all I could think of was, will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Yeah. Did anyone <laughs> sing that to you, Terry? <laughs> yeah. you, I was just thinking about that the other day. That is a great song. Yes, I would, Brian. I would love for you to sing that to me as a birthday gift. Can you do that? Will you still need no, me? Sure. Will you still feed me when I'm 64? <laughs> I'm recommending that, Jerry. I don't know if you're going to see 65. Uh, <laughs> Jerry, let's talk some baseball. Uh, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since we've got a chance to catch up, but uh, the Rockies had Cal Quantrill. Uh, talk to us about this guy. I thought that was a that was a sneaky good addition by the Rockies. Yeah, yeah, kind of under the radar a little bit too, right? And uh, I think it's it's kind of a no-lose situation. Here's a guy that was just a couple of years ago a really good pitcher, all-star caliber guy, kind of had a, a down year obviously this past year, but you know it's in there and he's still young. He's not in his physical prime yet. So he's one of those guys I think that's really poised for a bounce-back year. And it's hard to do that, I know, with pitchers in Denver playing half your games there. But I, I like the signing as well. And uh, the word is, I haven't talked to him or interviewed him or anything, but the word is he's excited about coming to Denver, excited about helping this team get things turned around, and, and hopefully that works out really well. As we know, we need arms in that rotation. Hopefully he's one of those pieces. No, it's, and that's exactly right. It's addressing a need uh, that the Rockies have. Uh, well, and this is something, too, Jerry. I don't know what Cal's uh, uh, contract looks like, but you've mentioned this. And l- listen, Dick Montfort gets a, a really bad rap. I think, now, has he made some mistakes in the past? Uh, 100%. You don't get to, uh, to, to 100 last season without maybe having some guys in the wrong places and stuff like that. And inevitably, that ends up at the top. But Dick's not afraid to spend money, dude, and and I don't know what that means for Cal or what that means uh, for the rest of this offseason, but going forward, if he can find a way to get this team competitive, he's not afraid to spend it. He just spent it in the wrong places in the last couple of years. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that's a good assessment of what Dick Monfort has done, and, and you're right about that. i I got a good friend. I think I've told you guys this, you guys this story several times but over the years, but good friend who was in the, in, the, in the accounting and the financial department with the Rockies, and he said we have the same meeting every year, 
We sit down and Dick says, or I don't, I don't need to make any money. We want to break even. So let's budget to break even. And if we have a chance to make the playoffs and we're there and we feel like we get there, I will put some more money into this team. And, and how can you, I don't know if you can ask for any more than that. People think he's just printing money over there. He's not doing that. And you're right. He's not afraid to spend money. He's not, not filling his pockets with the Rockies. The value of the team has gone way up. He knows that. That's where he's going to make his money. But he's willing to spend, uh, not lose money, but doesn't have to make money. And that's, I think, all you can ask from an owner. So, yeah, I think, I think that's what he's done. I don't know if the money has been spent in the right places, like you said, in the last several years especially, but there is that willingness. And when there's that willingness, it usually turns out for the good, and let's hope that is the case with the Rockies moving forward. No, I certainly hope so. And for the casual fan, I, uh, listen, I, I can understand the frustration because you see the party deck, you see that the money going in to, to be an atmosphere, to be an event, uh, and then the product on the field has suffered. So it's almost like, wait, well, why, why are we building a new you know bar? Why is McGregor Square? All these things, and yet you, you have a 100-loss season. And I think for the casual fan, that's easy to, to look at and say, why are you spending the money there? Why can't you go on the field and do it? But the perfect example, look at the, what the Padres did. I mean, they dumped a ton of money out, and, and they, at the end of the day, were in the same spot as the Rockies, and that was on the outside of the postseason looking in. There is no guarantee, is there, in baseball that way? you got the, the Padres, you got the Mets the same way. Uh, Padres probably a glaring example, and I, that team's going to, it's going to change now. They're going to trade some players and get their their salary back down. Their their structure financially is going to change a little bit with their own new ownership now. So the Mets the same way. I'll spend all that money. Doesn't guarantee anything at all. Uh, you have a lot of talent. Yeah, you probably do. But doesn't mean that you're going to win. You got to have that right combination of guys, and you have to have that money spent in the right way. And then you look at a team like like the Tampa Bay Rays, who don't have that. That's that financial ability, yet they contend every year. So that's what you hope, and, and hopefully the, the Rockies turn this thing around, and I think there's a chance to do that in a number of different ways. So yeah, I, I think you're right. As a casual fan, it's pretty frustrating, but I do think there are brighter days ahead. I'm wondering this, Jerry. I know that uh, you know they haven't shied away from spending some money offensively and those kind of things. Uh, when I look back through the history of the Rockies, things have blown up in their face when they've tried to sign big-name pitchers. I go all the way back to Brett Saberhagen, Bill Swift, you know, those type of things early on in the franchise history that didn't pan out. Because of those not working and just a history of pitching being so difficult at this ballpark, is it that much harder to try to convince a free agent pitcher to take a deal with the Colorado Rockies? And is that something they're going to have to continue to to work against is the reputation of this stadium? I think they are, Brian. I think it's always going to be that way. I think the key for the Rockies is you have to develop pitching. And it's a combination over the years. It's we can't attract free agents because they're going to blow their ERA up at Coors Field. And uh, just bad luck in developing. Not necessarily bad luck. There's probably some bad luck, but just a failure to, de- to uh, develop pitchers. And, and boy, you, you go back, there's so many first-round draft picks, second-round picks that never panned out, that never made the big leagues, that looked like they were great draft picks. And I don't know if that's a combination of bad luck and uh, not developing pitchers, but it just hasn't happened to the Rockies. 
So I think it's going to continue that way. You have to overpay. I think you can overpay some relievers to come here. I think it's really difficult to get a, a frontline starter in a trade I, or a free agent. So you can maybe get, make it a trade, but not in a free agent signing. It's going to be uh, you're going to back against a wall constantly with that, which means you have to draft and develop those pitchers, and that's what the the Rockies are doing now. I think what they had 18 or 17 of their 20 draft picks last year were pitchers. All the the players they traded for at the trade deadline were pitchers, so they are putting their money where their mouth is in drafting pitchers and trading for pitchers, but you just have to hope you can develop those guys at the same time. We're talking with Jerry Schimmel, voice of the Colorado Rockies, longtime uh, uh, broadcaster all over the, all over America, but uh, let's talk about Shohei Otani for a second. Uh, Jeff Passan reporting this morning that uh, the Dodgers, Cubs, Blue Jays, and Angels are among the teams that are still bidding on Shohei Otani, while the Mets, Rangers, and Red Sox have turned their attention to other players, Jeff Passan from ESPN saying that. Uh, I think we can all agree, anybody but the damn Dodgers. <laughs> I would do that way. I think they're the front runners. I, I do. I, I think that's the team that top the list, probably like Jeff Passan thinks the same way, it, only because they have the financial wherewithal to do it. And he obviously fits in any team, but especially with the Dodgers, and he's lived in Southern California, and he's comfortable there and all that. I think you put the Yankees uh, on that list as well. I know that the, the Yankees don't seem like they're that team that's all that interested. I think that what I'm hearing is they are. You never count them out because of their financial structure, too. But, yeah, I'm with you. Anybody but the Dodgers, but it just might happen that way. Uh, I, I, I'm surprised that the Blue Jays are on that list. I saw that same list, Tanner. But they obviously have some money to spend, so we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm just reading this morning before you guys called uh, some other teams and their interest in what that salary uh, structure might look like for Otani. So whatever it is for him, it's a win. It's a win-win because he's going to be a very, very rich man. He doesn't seem. Does he seem like he really wants to leave? Is he one who would probably no. be very happy if the Angels offered him the right amount of money? Because he doesn't seem like one that's chasing something. He's into loyalty. Yep, I'm, I'm hearing the same thing, Brian. I'm, I heard that uh, this past season from the Angels broadcasters when, when we ran into them. They said the same thing. It's like he's not looking to, to move necessarily. He's looking for the right spot. Obviously, money is the number one factor. It is all the time. When people tell you it's not, I think they're probably less than candid that way. But I don't think he's, uh, hey, I want out of the Angels. I want away from Mike Trout. I don't want to do this. I think he's thinking, you know, the right salary, I'll stay here and we'll turn this thing around with the Angels. But, no, I think you're right. I think he's, he's a lot about loyalty. He lo- we talked about this. He loves to play. He's a, he's a baseball field rat, and mm-hmm. he loves baseball, and he wants to go where he can contribute and be comfortable and obviously going to make money wherever he's going to go. Got to get him into the postseason. Watching the best baseball player of all time in the postseason has to happen yeah. here. And, and uh, you know, you're talking about generational wealth uh, with whatever yeah. contract he signs here, so I'm sure uh, that's got to play a role as well. Jerry Schimmel, also the host of Amazing Americans, AmazingAmericans.org. Jerry, who's your guest this week? A guy named Jeremy Pintino, uh, Pintino, I'm sorry. Jeremy went blind, legally blind, at the age of 18 or 19. He was a sophomore at San Diego State. And he, all of a sudden, he goes, gets his disease, goes blind. He wants to quit everything. I'm quitting school. I'm quitting all athletics. His dad, he's a good high school golfer. His dad talks him into staying with golf. 
He's a blind golfer, ends up with his dad as his guide, his caddy, winning three world championships and six national championships. And he's less than 30 years old. He's 29 years old. So he's a blind golfer, blind, blind champion golfer. And the story's just incredible. It describes how he, how he swings, how he hits the ball, how his dad lines him up. It's, it's really fascinating. So Jeremy Poinsonneau is my guest this week. Wow. Without giving too much weight, uh, uh, Jerry, how? I mean, how, yeah. how, does, how does he do that? I mean, can you give us a little bit? Yeah, you know, he, he's got, I watched some video of him. He's got a great swing, number one. But his dad lines him up, and he can kind of see, as he says, it's real fuzzy. You can, all, you can kind of see a really white golf ball. Um, he can, he can, so he can kind of see where it's at, but it's all, it's all blurry and fuzzy. And his dad lines him up. All right, you got, you know, you got 160 yards. Let's get that eight iron out. Um, I'm going to line you up. This is how you, and, and they take, they, they take a long time. They take all the time they need to line him up. And his dad has him dialed in and he takes that swing and he hits. Amazing. He's sitting, yeah. He's, he's blind and he's, he's hitting in the, he's scoring in like the low eighties. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, wow. It's much, much better yeah. story about being a blind golfer than mine. Um, because <laughs> I, I think I've been accused of that a couple of times. This is really inspirational, Jerry. Love what you do with Amazing Americans, my friend, and love that you uh, continually jump on with us every single Friday. Uh, AmazingAmericans.org. You can also listen here on KFK over the weekend. Jerry, thanks so much, my friend. Thank you for your time. Have a great weekend, guys. Love you too. Love you too, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, Jerry. There you go. Jerry Schimmel, voice of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, interesting stuff coming out of uh, Jerry. I always today. love our talks with Jerry. Yes, yes, 100%. 8.54 the time now. It, uh, let's get the latest in the nerd world. Here's Micah Kilpatrick.